There we go. Well, welcome, everybody. This is Two Beards in a Bible. We are in Acts 21 today. This is Dave Tenney. And this is John Swain, Johnny Swaino. And I am uh, uh, jumping the gun there. So we, we are yes. on <laughs> Acts 21. Yes, Acts chapter 21. That's right after 20. It is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just learned that today. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I are smart. Um, so, uh, is it whose turn is? It? I think it's your turn. I think it is. I think. Are there is. any hard words in here? I gotta make. Uh, sure. Yeah, there's a few. Okay. I need to make sure. So, boy, <clears throat> where are we gonna read to? Let's just read to chapter verse uh, eleven. All right. No, read to fourteen. All right. So at. Uh, Acts 21 at verse 1 says, Now it came to pass that when we had departed from them and set sail, running a straight course, we came to Kos, the following day to Rhodes, and from there to Patara. And finding a ship sailing over to Phoenicia, we went aboard and set sail. When we had sighted Cyprus, we passed it on the left, sailed to Syria, and landed at Tyre. For there the ship was to unload her cargo. And finding disciples, we stayed there seven days. They told Paul, through the Spirit, not to go up to Jerusalem. When we had come to the end of those days, we departed and went on our way, and they all accompanied us with wives and children till we were out of the city, and we knelt down on the shore and prayed. When we had taken our leave of one another, we boarded the ship, and they returned home. And when, he had, when we had finished our voyage from Tyre, we came to Ptolemais, greeted the brethren, and stayed with them one day. On the next day, we, who were Paul's companions, departed and came to Caesarea and entered the house of Philip, the evangelist, who was one of the seven and stayed with him. Now this man had four virgin daughters who prophesied. And as we stayed many days, a certain prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. When he had come to us, he took Paul's belt, bound his own hands and feet and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. Now when we heard these things, both we and those from that place pleaded with him not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, What do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart? For I am, all, for I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. So when he would not... So when he would not be persuaded, we ceased saying, the will of the Lord be done. Okay. So this is, uh, there's some interesting things here. So they, so they first, they, we, we read about all these places that he traveled to. Um, and when we, in our last episode, when we talked about Paul, um, his speech to the Ephesian elders, um, he said in Acts 20, verse 23, he says, he says that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. So before this that we just read, Paul has been warned in every city that, you know, if he goes to Jerusalem, he's going to have a tough time. Right. So he knows that. Right. And now he gets here. And uh, where is he at? He's in Tyre, and it says that he says he found some disciples, and and they told Paul through the Spirit not to go to Jerusalem. So that's that's at least you know 
at least two twice now we've read about it, and then a third time here we read about it later. Right. Um, I find this interesting. So the, the disciples there, and this is kind of one of those kind of like heartwarming things. He says that you know uh, that the disciples accompanied uh, Paul and his traveling companions uh, with their wives and children until we were out of the city. So uh, they they kind of walked with them, and I'm sure they just wanted to the opportunity to spend more time with them. Right. <clears throat> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that, you know, as as we understand, you know, a little bit, you know, when we come together with the brethren, we're built up. And, you know, this being Paul, I'm sure he had, uh, he, he was able to give them much comfort. Yeah, absolutely. In, in, their, in their tribulations. And, and, and when, they, when they got to the boat, it says they knelt down on the shore and prayed. Mm-hmm. And when we had taken our leave of one another, we boarded the ship and they returned home. You know... When you go to the ocean, mm-hmm. you know, what's interesting is that's a place where you can go and it looks, that, that scene is the same as it was then. Right. You know, we, we, can, we can, if we've ever been to the ocean, been to the beach, looked out on that ocean, been on a sandy shore, uh, yeah. you know what this, this scene was like. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, uh, and it, it's a peaceful place. Yes. Uh, usually. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, it just speaks to the, the care that they had one for another. And, and not not to forget that, you know, where their minds were. You know, they got to the shore. They didn't just say goodbye. You know, yeah. they, they, they prayed. They, they had put God in the right place yeah. in the situation. Yeah. yeah. So they finished their voyage from there and they came to Ptolemy, which is a, a city named after a uh, Egyptian fellow, right? Ptolemy, the, the pharaoh at one time. And uh, they greeted the brother and they stayed there. And then, of course, um, the next day they went to Caesarea and entered the house of Philip the Evangelist. Now, we haven't heard from Philip in a long time. Right. So the last time I think we heard from Philip was when he had converted the Ethiopian, right? Mm-hmm. So, so now it says he has uh, these four daughters who prophesied. Right. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's a note in my Bible, whether it, you know, didn't really say too much, but Joel, Joel 2.28 speaks... Uh, speaks of that. It says, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Yeah. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. Yeah. And that happened. Mm-hmm. That was a prophecy that was fulfilled. Right. You know, it, it doesn't need to happen again because it already happened. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, you just, uh, you know, read through Colossians to, to, to realize that, you know, there was a time for those things, and, yes. and there's a now is not that time. Yep, absolutely. The the we have the words, so there's no more confirming that needs to be done. Yep. Uh, so then there was another prophet that came in, some fellow named Agabus, and he came down from Judea, and he took Paul's belt and he wrapped it around his hands, and he said, "Hey, that fellow that owns this, this is what's going to happen to him." Mm-hmm. So it's another warning Paul gets. Right. So now it seems like that has 
kind of really affected um, Paul's traveling companions. Right. And, and, and they're probably going, listen, Paul, the Holy Spirit is telling you not to do this. Why? You need to listen to this. Right. And I, I probably would be right there with him. I would be trying to talk <laughs> him out of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it, it again, it's you know, Paul had his mind probably in a little bit of a different place mm-hmm. than, than than they did, uh, having gone through the things that he did, uh, his faith being so great. Yeah. Um, you know, he was undoubtedly uh, touched by by their love for him because he even said, uh, where, "Where was that? Why? Why have you?" Uh, uh, where was that? He speaks something to the degree of, uh, uh, what do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart in verse yeah, 13? Yeah. Uh, you know, so, so he obviously felt the tug at his heartstrings oh, for yeah. these people and the emotions that were going on at the time. But he understood that he had a, he had a purpose and uh, he was ready. He was ready uh, because if he met that, that demise, that physical demise, you know, to live as Christ, to die as gain. Yeah, absolutely. So it says, when he says, it says that when he could not be persuaded, persuaded, we see. So they, they stopped, right? Which I guess is the prudent thing to do. And they said, "The will of the Lord be done." Now, what's interesting is like, and we've mentioned this before. You know, Paul. I think that's what Paul had in his mind. You know, I'm going to go there and I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. But that's not at all what happened. The things that happened there put him uh, among, it, it gave him audiences he would have never had a chance to, uh, to talk to. When Paul was in prison, you know, he was next to Roman guards all day long. Right. And, and he had a chance to talk to all of these people. Right. Um, it's, it, it went different than what I think he was thinking. Yeah. And, you know, fast forward to today. Do we find ourselves in situations where we end up someplace and you're thinking, well, there's no use to talk to these people. Right. You, know, you might, you know, at work, perhaps, perhaps you think, well, there's just no way that any of those people are going to listen. Yeah. But you don't know that. Yep. And, and Paul, you know, true to his form, uh, kept on talking. Yes, absolutely. Kept on sharing the gospel. Verse 15. So... Um, wow. I'm not going to read all of this. So I'm going to read 15. I'm going to just stop at some point. I'm not sure where it's going to be. Okay. Round and round we go. (laughs) He says, and after those days we packed and went up to Jerusalem. Also, some of the disciples from Caesarea went with us and brought with them a certain, oh, Nason of Cyprus. That's the way I'm saying that an early disciple with whom we were to lodge. So that's interesting. So here's this, this is one of the first converts there with him. And we had come to Jerusalem. The brethren received us gladly. And on the following day, Paul went in with us to James and all the elders were present. And when he had greeted them, he told them in detail those things which God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry. And when they heard it, they glorified God and said to him, You see, brother, how many myriads of Jews 
there are who have believed, and they are all zealous for the law. But they have been informed about you that you teach all the Jews who are among the Gentiles to forsake Moses, saying that they not, ought not to circumcise their children nor walk according to the customs. What then? The assembly must certainly meet, for they will hear that you have come. Therefore, do what we tell you. We have four men who have taken a vow. Take them and be purified with them and pay their expenses so that they may shave their heads that all may know that those things of which they were informed concerning you are nothing, but that you yourself also walk orderly and keep the law. But concerning the Gentiles who believe, we have written and decided that they should observe no such thing except that they should keep themselves from things offered to idols, from blood, from things strangled, and from sexual immorality. We'll stop there. All right. That's a good place to stop. So if any of you are looking for a good biblical name for a child, Nason. Yeah, M-N-A-S-O-N. That'll, that'll confuse their teachers. Yes. <laughs> every day. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> So this James, so it says, so Paul, so Paul goes into Jerusalem and, and he meets with the brethren and he says that James and all the elders. So which, who is this James? Who do you think this James is? Oh, good question. I think it's think? probably Jesus's brother. Okay. James. Because wasn't James, um, didn't Herod behead James? Yeah, I'm not... Uh, the uh, Apostle James. I'm not uh, clear on the timelines in the, off the top of my head, but, uh, but you're probably right. Yeah, I think, I think uh, Herod gonna... had already beheaded James, the brother of John. Mm -hmm. Unless there's some other James that I don't know about. Right. You know, <laughs> but, but I, I think that's probably James, the Lord's brother, the one who wrote the book of James. Right. You know, the same James. That's who we're talking about. I have a note okay. with that for Galatians 1.19. I don't know if that's going to shed any well shed any light on us or not. Yeah. What did I say? Galatians 1.19. You're almost there, John. I am. One more page. Uh, but I saw none of them... None of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. Okay. There, there we go. go. There's our answer. Straight out of the Bible. Good job. Okay. So, so he meets with James and all the elders of that local church, apparently. Mm -hmm. Right? I would imagine Peter being among them. He says when he greeted him, he, he, so he tells him all of the things that happened among the Gentiles. Now, then they say there's, there's, a, there's a problem here. So the problem is, is there's a lot of Jewish converts there, and they're zealous for the law. What does that mean? Uh, teetotalers. <laughs> you, know? Uh, you know, people that are, you know, focused, so laser focused on the, on the letter of the law that they're not taking into account the purpose. Yeah. And, and, and not, seeing, not seeing that that law has... Uh, been nailed to the cross. Yeah, and there are Jews, you know. So there's there's a bunch of Jews there who are Christians, 
but they're really holding on to the old law. Mm -hmm. And and then they hear that Paul has taught the Gentiles to not keep the old law, which is correct, right? Right. That's a, that was the correct teaching. And now we they're thinking, okay, there's going to be a problem here. Right. You know, so... And part of it is, is because those Jews hadn't come to the under the, the complete understanding, right? At that time, I think that's that that was the problem. Now, again, these things were so indelibly ingrained in in their minds and their being. Yeah, you know. And you got to give these like the first century converts. You got to give them a little slack. Yeah. Th there's like a there's like a transition period going on too. Sure. You know, so we're, we're going from one thing to another. You know, we, we uh, you know, you've had, in, in your time as a Christian, you've, you've attended with, with many different brethren from place yep. to place. And when you go from place to place, you see some subtle differences in, in the way people conduct the worship of the Lord's church. You know, as we were talking in, in previous episodes, um, you know, maybe, maybe in one place, the Lord's Supper comes first before the lesson, and then maybe another place it comes after yes. the lesson. And you become so used to it one way. I've been in both instances, uh, and uh, I've noticed that once I was in a place, you know, having attended one of the assemblies for, you know, 17 years, um, then moving on uh, when I started preaching to a different place and having them do a few little things different as far as the order of the, of services, um, it, it took some getting used to. Yeah. And even though I know, you know, there's, uh, you know, nothing wrong with, you know, nothing against the scriptures, but but it, it just, in the beginning, it took me a, a period of time to get used to that. Okay, this is how we're doing this now. Yes. You know, and, and, I, and you have to remind yourself that, okay, that's not... That's not a thing that is to be con to con concern yourself with, right? Because it's not a, it's not a, it's a, you know, it's not a matter of, uh, of fellowship. Yes, absolutely. So yeah. in, in like manner, I suppose these, the these people were, you know, obviously had come to some knowledge of the truth, but they're still having trouble letting go of those things. Yeah, and, yeah. And and if you think about all of the ritual that went into you know, the religion and the practices of the of Judaism, it's very involved, very involved and very rote, yeah. very uh, uh, re repeatable. Yeah. <laughs> and and that that does something to the human. Yeah. To our human I th psyche. I think there's like, like, you know, I, I think one a way that I can relate to this is, you know, as I was I was raised as a Baptist, and we um, observed Christmas as a religious holiday. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, at Christmas, I have a certain kind of feeling about that because I, I, I still feel this religious connection to it mm -hmm. because that was the way I was raised, even though I know that it was a holiday made up by man. Right. And there's no scriptural... Um, authority to 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 set that as a holiday. Right. It's a total, completely man-made thing. But you know, I still and I emphasize empathize with others that, that yeah. have that same thing. Right. You know. You know, as we sit here today, it is February the fourteenth. Yes. Another man-made holiday. Yes, Valentine's <laughs> Day. 
I didn't get my holy kiss, John. <laughs> right. You're going to have to wait on that one for a while. <laughs> um, yeah, it is uh, it is very easy to get uh, wrapped up in, in, in those things. You know, just as a, when, as a teenager, I spent a little bit of time with some friends that I had uh, attending Catholic uh, uh, services. Yeah. And to this very day, in that short couple of years that I uh, w- was involved in those things, to this day, if someone says, the Lord be with you, the next thing off of my lips, w- that wants to come off of my lips is, and also with you. Because that was the response when yes. the priest would get up and say, and the Lord be with you. And everyone would say, and also with you. And that that is something that it's just there. I can't yes. get rid of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it is what it is. And, and we just spilled a secret. That John and I record all of these uh, podcasts for the year in oh, the yeah. winter, right? <laughs> so usually this is the time of year when we both have more downtime. Right, we got we both have kids, so yeah. So we we spend the winter recording the podcasts, and then they get released every week. So right. So yeah, even though it's probably September when this is getting released. Yeah. But need for to, us, it's need February. Tell Angela to get the Christmas decorations out yeah. from behind me. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. It's it's festive. Yeah, I, I don't concern myself with such things. I don't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, me neither. You're talking decorations. Yeah, yeah, me neither, buddy. Um, so where were we? We are talking about. Okay, so now now let's talk about this vowel. And this is a kind of interesting. So it says they have four men who have taken a vow. And I'm not sure what that vow was. He says, take them and be purified with them, which means they would go to the temple, right? To be purified mm-hmm. and pay their expenses so that they may shave their head. So he's, Paul's going to pay so they can all get a haircut. <laughs> And that they all may know that those things which they were informed concerning you are nothing. So he's going to go down to Great Clips. He's going to get his hair cut. And they're going to do a terrible job. So he's got to shave it all off. And uh, he's going to do this thing to show them, the Jews, that he still has some respect for the law. Uh I think that's what this is for. Yeah. He's doing this to to pacify the Jews, and and not out of some compulsion of commandment, you know, right? That it, it, it's uh, it's not something that he has to do, but you know, again, being all things to all men, yeah. You know, if it if it helps you have a have an in with them, and it doesn't violate some, right. the the law of the Lord, it doesn't violate the doctrine of Christ. Uh, then uh, you know it, it's, it's this is not among the uh, assembly of the saints, if you will. I, I'm trying to think of one in one of the one of Paul's writings. He says, you know, to the Jews I became a Jew, and to, yeah. you know, and, and that's kind of what this is. Yeah, you know, Paul's just, you know, he this is nothing against Christianity that he's doing. Right, he's just doing this thing to to be to kind of pacify them I, I remember a, a friend of the fam of my wife's family that um, was was a Jew and uh, before he, he was eventually converted 
Uh, but uh, along the way, before he was converted, we all went over to his house for the Seder dinner. Yeah. And, and went through the, the ritual as he, as he, you know, uh, led it and for his family. And it was a learning experience, something that I'll always remember. But in a like manner, I think it probably helped. It helped for him to listen to the truth because yeah. we had given, we had given, him a chance to show us what he, yeah. what he knew, and yeah. then you, you know just as as uh, Philip did with the Ethiopian eunuch, he he met him where he was and then preached from there, yeah. preached Christ yep. to him yep. from there, the same sort of thing. So uh, so there, there's there's nothing wrong with with yeah. what he's doing here. Obviously, one of my favorite comedy albums of all time is called You Don't Have to Be Jewish, <laughs> which you should look up. I've never heard of it. Oh, it's a, a lot of the old Big Chuck and uh, Little John skits were basically remakes oh, okay. of things that were on that record. Huh. Oh, but there's some there's some hilarious stuff there. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. It's on YouTube. Huh. Uh, Keith Welch and I, we, we oh. have... Uh, him and I can both like quote <laughs> several of those skits on verbatim. <laughs> it's good stuff. So, so here they give some the the other resources. They says, but concerning the Gentiles who believe, we have written and decided that they should observe no such thing. And and this is not the first time that these instructions have been given. He says, but that but they should keep themselves from things offered to idols from blood, from things strangled, and from sexual immorality. And, you know, and really, if you can keep yourself from those things, you'll be in pretty good shape. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. so, so there are, I guess, some dietary laws, maybe, that Christians ought to observe. Yeah, I mean, well, what's the... Now, I think it's pretty obvious, you know, things offered to idols. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, uh, that's pretty obvious. That's not something that a Christian ought to have... Yeah, have have their toes in, you know. Right. But um, uh, from from blood, I suppose that kind of goes back to the same sort of thing, maybe with the sacrifices of yeah blood sacrifices. Um, but also, I can think of all kinds of uh, we call them medical reasons, <laughs> food safety reasons yeah. why you would stay away from such things. Yeah, yeah. Um, and from things strangled, uh, you know. Again, I think that lends towards the ritual nature of some of the, the things that were going on then. And, you know, and, 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 you know, the Bible says that God cares for all creatures. Mm -hmm. That's not a humane way to kill an animal. True. That's you a know. good thought. You want to kill an animal? I mean, we, now, the Jews, they would, they would slit their throat. Mm -hmm. But really, I mean, that's a really fast way to kill something. And in mm -hmm. fact, a lot of... A lot of animals, they, they basically just go to sleep. Yeah. Or their brain just goes to sleep when they when you do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know that from butchering many animals. Right. Um, that's kind of how it works. So, And then from sexual immorality. It's obvious. Know, that, that, that covers a lot of bases there. So. Right. John, we better stop there. All right. And, you know, just to, just to add to that, you know, uh, most of, uh, a good portion of what we see as entertainment in the world today kind of falls into that category it does. of sexual immorality. Yep, so it does. something to think about and as we as we hit the off button. So thanks for thanks for joining in and we'll see you next time.